Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode we have Netflix 243rd film from 2020. It's the war drama film The Five Bloods. It's directed by Spike Lee, starring Del- Delroy Lindo, Jonathan Majors, Clark Peters, Norm Lewis, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Melanie Theory, Paul Walter Hauser, Jasper Pacoen, Jean Renault, and Chadwick Boseman. I'm Jesse. I'm here solo for this film from 2020. I'm excited to talk about this one. Um, so if you are keen on this film and haven't seen it, give us a pause and come back a little bit later on because I'm going to spoil this and talk in a little bit of detail about this one because this is a Netflix original film that there's a bit of info about, which I'm very excited for the last few weeks. And especially when we look at a few of the international films, there's not an awful lot to talk about. But this one, I've got a bit and we do start the show with the fast flick. So this is a quick little summary of what the film's about to give you that gist. This one is about a bunch of old Vietnam vets that are traveling back to find the remains of a fallen friend and possibly some gold. Ooh, intriguing, good. Well, let's talk about this one. I I wanna talk about how this one came to Netflix. So realistically, this is a film where we see five bloods um, throughout a film in present day scenes. And these characters, we've got Paul, Melvin, Otis, Eddie, and David. And these are the individual names of five members of the African-American vocal group, The Temptations. Um, their fallen blood, who was the leader and inspiration for others during their days in the Vietnam. His name was Norman, and there's some connections here because songwriter Norman Whitfield produced literally all of the Temptations music during their time at Motown Records uh, during the 60s and 70s. So character names, very important in relation to some of the music that we hear in this film as well. This was Chadwick Boseman's final film to be released in his lifetime. Um, he had one other Netflix film released later in 2020, which we'll get to soon, called uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, and Chadwick worked on both these films while he was undergoing treatment for the colon cancer that ended his life. So a little bit of a sad story, but um, such a recognizable face in this film as well. This this film was originally titled The Last Tour, uh, written by Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo, and it was gonna tell the story of four aging white veterans um, who were heading back to Vietnam. Um, Oliver Stone, who we know has done some Vietnam type films, um, he was attached to direct at one point, but moved on. And then um, producer Lloyd Levin, he read an interview that uh, Spike Lee's favorite film is The Treasure of the Sierra Madre from 1948 and thought that Lee would appreciate the similar elements in this film, The Last Tour, as it was at the the time. So um, Lee liked the premise and he and his co-writer, Kevin Wilmot, they rewrote the script to make it about black soldiers and what an effective way, an effective job they've done with this. According to an interview with Giancarlo Esposito, he was in talks to be cast alongside Samuel L. Jackson, Denzel Washington, and his son, John David Washington. And if you've seen the film, you can probably work out the two characters they might play, but due to scheduling conflicts, it, it fell apart. Um, then we get to Feb of 2019, when it was announced that Netflix would distribute the film, and it was set to be Netflix's first film to screen at the Cannes Film Festival in three years. Um, because there was controversy after Netflix had screened its films at the 2017 festival over their policies of streaming versus the theatrical release. We've we've spoken about this on the show before, very strict sort of rules in France um, and some big disagreements between Netflix and and the Cannes Film Festival. So uh, Netflix subsequently withdrew its films from the festival for those three years. So The Five Bloods was set to be part of an out of competition category at the May 2020 festival. But unfortunately, as we're seeing with a lot of the films at this stage, uh, COVID-19 pandemic sort of forced the cancellation of the uh, festival, which is a bit sad. Um, 
interesting about this film, the, the film uses four different aspect ratios as framing devices in this film. And it sort of distinguishes between the film's different time periods and locations. So we got the 1960s flashback scenes. They were shot in um, 133 to one format on 16 millimeter film. And it sort of mimics newsreel footage from the time. And the cinematographer, Newton Thomas Siegel, um, proposed the idea and said that Vietnam was the first war that was really televised. And it was predominantly shot with 16 millimeter film. And, and that's how the American population and public perceived the war. So the Netflix executives, they were a little bit resistant to this proposal given the challenges it presented in actually making it. But um, Lee was so adamant and eventually allowed to proceed. So really, really cool story. And, and there's this exception, I guess, of this brief scene filmed using a, a Super 8 camera at some stage and the modern scenes were shot digitally. Um, the present day scenes were, were framed in widescreen ratio and it sort of evoked the aesthetics of films like Lawrence of Arabia and, and then the present day jungle scenes were, were shot again at a different ratio um, to envelop the group with the vastness of the jungle. So all so effective throughout, really, really enjoyed that. A um, little bit of um, criticism, I guess, from from some people from Vietnam that sort of state stated that you know even though we've got this new central perspective of this film of black soldiers and this justified message, it still sort of um, reanimates the tropes of, of victimising the Vietnamese people and, and being an America centric film too. So a little bit of criticism on that side. Apart from that, what are some translations for this one around the world? Um, in Portuguese, this one translates to the blood detachment. Um, in France or in French, it's the five bloods blood brothers in hungarian it's the five comrades in polish it's the five brothers in russia it's five of the same blood and in vietnamese it's called the five war friends so all nice titles that still include that idea of, of the five of these guys being brothers for life or working together for life even though they're not necessarily all together the whole time but just that relationship they built by being in vietnam um, together this was released on netflix on the 12th of june 2020 worldwide Apparently it had a budget between 35 and $45 million, which is one of Spike Lee's biggest budgets. So quite a bit of cash. It was filmed on, on location in Vietnam, as well as in Thailand from March to June of 2019. And this, before we get into the, the critic reception, I guess um, awards wise, this actually won 41 awards and was nominated for another 198 awards. Big, big numbers. Um, it did have an Academy Award nomination in 2021 for the best original score. And also it was nominated for a BAFTA for the best supporting actor for Clark Peters. So let, let's talk about what critics and audiences are actually saying. Um, we'll start with Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes, this does sit on a 92%. That's on 313 reviews and that is certified fresh. So very, very high. But if we look at the audience on Rotten Tomatoes, 53%. So much lower, and that's on two and a half thousand ratings. So audiences didn't connect as much as the the critics on this one, I guess. Um, if we look at IMDb, a little bit higher, it sits at a six point five out of ten on fifty three thousand ratings, and Letterboxd sort of similar, sort of a uh, score at a three point five out of five on one hundred and eighteen thousand eight hundred and fifty seven ratings. Huge numbers, and it's actually been logged by one hundred and fifty seven thousand people. One of the bigger Netflix films on Letterboxd that we've sort of looked at. So what are my early thoughts on this one? Uh, context is, I, I watched this when it came out and I thought I'd look back at my notes that I wrote when I watched that film back in 2020. And I wrote, it's a raw and impactful film. It arrived at the right time, not only for its story, but the prowess on display behind the camera. I still agree, what a film. This is a great film, highly recommend it. Let's break into it. So we start with the characters and we're gonna start with Paul. Paul. This, this is really his story more than anyone else's. And he represents so much about 
um, African-Americans and veterans and the Vietnam situation, almost everything that's wrong with war. Um, and we see, you know, he's a Trump supporter. He's got this make America great again cap that he wears. And he's deeply damaged though. You know, he's suffering from um, PTSD and, and carrying this guilt of one of the five bloods, Norman, who who died when they're in Vietnam and they had to leave him behind. And, and he's isolated in, in his own life. Um, He's isolated and angry over the death of his wife in childbirth. So there's a bit of anger towards his son who he doesn't really have a connection with and, and he still holds this rage inside him. And this sort of keeps him angry at the Vietnamese people as they go back to Vietnam that we see throughout as well. And and that David, his son that I sort of mentioned, he's, he seems estranged and, and we can see that he's trying to do good in his life. He's a school teacher and, and he wants to make things right with his dad, but he's so concerned that he sort of sneaks up on his dad and comes to Vietnam to see him. And because he's, he's worried where he is, he needs support. And, you know, he's sort of said, maybe this is the last chance I've got to, to be with dad and, and build that connection. And I'm trying not to spoil it too much. And it's this, that their, their relationship is a very key part in this, this narrative. Um, the other five bloods that we had, so Norman was Chadwick Boseman's character who we sort of, um, you know, when, when we do see him in these flashbacks, he's got this godlike presence on screen and, and he's someone who tells the black story to his friends, to his comrades, to his bloods, and and they all look up to him, and he, he's just got such a power on the screen that we see. And, and the others we see, we've got Eddie, who, who likes to take photos, he's a bit of a businessman, Melvin. The other guy, I guess, the other sort of key character is Otis, because he's sort of the guy that's sort of running this trip and, and organizing them all, getting back together and the deals to get them in and out of places and, and to try and smuggle this gold out if they do get it out. And he's got the other big side story with um, Tien, who is someone he had a love affair with when he was in the, in Vietnam during the war times and he's had a child with her and sort of hasn't had anything to do with, with either of them since that time. And, and it's sort of the struggles we see that, that she faced when they left and being left with a child who wasn't the same color skin as her and, and the issues that she faced in Vietnam herself too. And um, yeah, Otis, I guess, sort of is that second best character, or not best character, but the second big character because he was such a good friend to Paul, um, such a good friend that, you know, he he's named as David's, his son's godfather. So Otis and Paul obviously had a, a big relationship together. Um, the other sort of side characters we see throughout, we've got um, Hetty, who's this French heiress, I guess, who, who sort of turned her back on her, her French family's fortune and the money they've made off Vietnam to try and do the right thing now and, and she's over there with a group of two other guys sort of removing landmines so they sort of play a bit of a role throughout the film as well as um vin tran who's this this tour guide who helps these these five bloods um together to sort of get around to where they need to get to find the location of of norman's body to get him back to america as well as giving us the audience a little bit of an insight into the vietnamese side of things as well um the last one is sort of our villain who doesn't really play much of a role but um Deroche, who's this dodgy french dude um and you know he's he's just there to i guess as, as a nice reminder of the, the french's ever presence in vietnam as well right throughout the ages uh the director spike lee briefly we'll touch on spike lee because I don't really need to say much about him. 133 directing credits, films such as Malcolm X, the TV series, She's Gotta Have It, Black Klansman recently. One of my favorites of his was Inside Man um, from about 20 years ago. But I think my all time favorite, Spike Lee, maybe this one could be it, The, the Five Bloods, but uh, Do the Right Thing. What a film that is. If you haven't seen Do the Right Thing, highly recommend it, jump out and see it. But uh, let's talk about some scenes. What are some scenes that stood out in this one for me? And and I find it really hard because it's a lot of the techniques throughout this film that are used that are just so effective that that they're enjoyable. So throughout the film, there's 
archival images and clips and speeches which are sort of intertwined into the, the film perfectly as to where the characters are at at certain stages to sort of make that comparison between the 60s and 70s and today perfect i love the apocalypse now rep- references throughout there was there was so many it was so good um i think i mentioned this earlier before but those different aspect ratios and the film stock and and the camera use just added so much to this film to transition between where we're at to tell the audience what's going on um the specific scenes i guess that there's a teamwork scene where david stands on a landmine and paul sort of steps up and he goes let's let's think back to when we're here in our younger days we'd get a rope we'll make him fly and that was really nice to see another scene with paul is he sort of goes off by himself he's almost completely lost the plot and there's he just talks to the camera so powerfully um and then there's such a a good follow-up with him being reunited with norman in like this dreamlike sequence before his actual demise at the hands of gangsters it was just so effective um and finally the the last sort of shootout or showdown where the survive the remaining survivors sort of uh, trick the french and uh, their leader does rosh that the you know the gold's in this bag they're just going to hand it over and it's full of rocks it was good that was good um not much that didn't i didn't like i'm being really picky the helicopter crash um from back in the, the vietnam war days the, i thought the the cgi on that was probably a little bit ordinary and, and the digging for gold I, I found it a very very repetitive technique i get why they were doing it because they were trying to create this tension about we know that there's landmines around i i was anxious at stages the whole time for the bomb going off even though i'd seen this film i knew that the bomb was going to go off at some stage i just think it dragged on a little bit that's about it i'm I'm ready to talk about some themes some ideas in this one and i I think that you know this film is anti-war like the the, the soundtrack it's centered around um marvin Gaye's album from 1971 one it's an anti-war album what's going on you know the the idea that war is about money and money is about war just that whole idea of what do we actually gather from war and and obviously race plays a huge part in this um you know you've got the idea they they very blatant with the statistics about black soldiers being drafted um to fight in vietnam at massively disproportionate rates and the idea too of, of them being pushed to the front line and and that ties in closely with the idea that, that bloods don't die these guys together i think there was a quote it was like we multiply and it alludes to the fact that you know this treasure or this gold that they're going to find it given to their families and their descendants who are each fighting their own battles not necessarily in vietnam but of oppression and and um the idea at home of how they're still so far behind and and also this this idea of this bond that these these bloods have together as well um from serving together it, it's such a nice idea and that ties into very blatantly towards the end or explicitly with the the black lives matter uh, message as well and i sort of spoke last week with the film that we did last week um i think it was like the last american crime <laughs> the, the, the film is so impactful i can't remember the title but i spoke about the poor timing of that release based on what was happening in america at the time that this film came out this one perfect timing um you know it's about a country that considers blacks as lesser citizens so i think that um you know this this film couldn't have come out at a better time uh, there's also that idea too of, of being trapped in in the wartime memories of, of grief and the relationship between memory and fantasy and violence and the struggles of veterans and post-traumatic stress and we've seen the addiction to prescription drugs too this, this almost like brokenness and, and that through that brokenness does that um, distort people's ideas of what greed and honor and loyalty and revenge are it all sort of ties in and i think i think this film does all of that so well um yeah i'm i'm, I'm trying <laughs> i do like this film I, I, there's not much more i can say and i'm going to sort of make a bit of a reflection or what did i take away from it I, I can't really think of anything other than this is a netflix original film when netflix 
give the money to the right people with the right vision, they can deliver great films. And this is an example of that. So I think it's good. Um, I'm ready to wrap it up. We give the films a rating out of five. From memory, I gave this film a four and a half when I originally watched it. So I don't know, am I gonna stick with that? I think, you know, like this is a great film. I, I loved it, as I um, mentioned before, originally when I watched it, and that, that's nearly three years ago. And to be honest, yeah, I think I think I like it a little bit more. I, I can barely fault anything in this film. It, it, it's an exceptional piece of impactful filmmaking that really could resonate with anyone, especially considering the themes and the ideas of Vietnam intertwined with, with current American society that's still relevant. Um, I'm giving this a five out of five. This is this is pretty much a perfect film for me. I love this film. I hope others do as well. Five out of five, great film. We're on socials. We've got Twitter, we've got Facebook, and we have Instagram. Give us a follow, give us a like if you can. Question I had is, how would you describe Paul? What, what are his character traits? like? Is he a hero or is he a victim or, or is he an aggressor? As we see, most of the footage we see of him is him being impacted by the war. So how could you best describe him? And maybe it's different for different stages of his life, but realistically, when we see him, yes, he's he's very aggressive and upfront and, and almost not in control of what he's saying and doing. So maybe he's a victim. What are your thoughts on Paul? Let me know because we're ready to move on to next week. Next week, we have another 2020 film this one's switching up completely. This one's from Japan. It's an anime romantic fantasy film called A Whisker Away. It's directed by Junichi Sato and stars Mirai Shida, Natsuki Hanei, and Hiroaki Ogi. Bring it on. I'm excited. Japanese anime. That's what we've got next week. As always, thanks for sticking around, having a listen. Hope you enjoyed this chat. I hope you enjoyed this film. Let us know on socials. I'll see you next week.